WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Tony Kennett in for Casey. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. Try to figure out what in the world is going on with the economy. And as we do with pretty much everything on this show, we bring in the best, one of the best when it comes to economics, Duke economist Dr. Michael Munger. All right, Dr. Munger, help me with this because people seem in the government very happy that inflation was 7.7%. That still seems very high, doesn't it? Rob, if you weighed 600 pounds, you would be glad if you weighed 550. <laughs> Is it, that is context, that what it is? The context, yes, the context, sure. Um, they're they're looking for some sort of sign that we have turned a corner, reached the peak. The worst is over. The darkest is before the dawn. Choose your metaphor. <laughs> that's that's what they're looking for. So not that well, inflation is down slightly, but that from now on we can continue spending like a sailor on shore leave, and inflation will not go back up. Is that the is that the thing that the, they, being the government, has learned? Especially that when the Democrats are in charge, we can say whatever we want. The media will regurgitate it. So why wouldn't we say this is good? Because people are likely to believe it. Well, there's actually two things here. One is that the media is likely to regurgitate it if the Democrats say it. That's fair enough. But the Republicans have been really bad on deficits, also. So actually, both parties seem to agree that they just want to be able to spend as much as they want on the particular things they're focused on, and it won't affect inflation. Um, there's a consensus on that. So it really sort of disrupted things on both sides when we got kind of unexpectedly got inflation. I know you and I, we always go back to this, um, but I remember talking to you 2011, 2012, inflation's right around the corner. It's going to happen. The surprising thing is that it didn't happen then. It's not at all surprising that it's happening now. You look at the conditions of increases in the money supply and the gigantic deficit, big increases in government spending, basically just writing people checks. Inflation is going to get worse before it gets better unless our spending changes. This is not... You know, we lost 50 pounds and now we weigh 550. We're going to celebrate weighing 550 by going to an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. <laughs> Dr. Michael Munger, Duke Economist, is our guest. You gave me a phrase years ago. I use it on this show all the time. People love it. And I wanted you to give you the opportunity because you explain economics better than just about anybody I've ever heard, which is daft. Deficits are future taxes. Go. The difficulty that we face is that eventually we have to pay off debt. And so often what happens is that our choice is we can either increase taxes if we want to increase spending and run a balanced budget, or we can borrow. And anybody who looks at their own balance sheet knows that if my income doesn't go up and I spend more, then I'm getting debts. I'm running up my credit cards. So the government is just running up its credit cards. When you pay that back, you pay it back not only the amount you borrowed, but interest, because I'm afraid people are going to insist. If they're going to let you use their money, when you bring it back, it better be in good shape. That is, it wasn't inflated too much. And they want rental. So I have to pay to rent your money, meaning that the bonds that we're selling have to be repaid in the future plus interest. Now, that just sounds like common sense, but... The, the thing that worries me is when we tell voters 
look, we're going to increase spending now and borrow it, voters say, that sounds great. I won't have to repay it. Yes, you will have to repay it plus interest. So deficits are just future taxes. They're going to have to be repaid plus some more. And here's the thing. Here's the reason that the daft deficits are future taxes is so important right now, Rob. And that is that with inflation going up, the yields on Treasury bonds have gone up from 2% to but some of them are close to seven, depending on the maturity. That means that we're paying a gigantic amount in future taxes every time we borrow a dollar. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. When you when those yields go up, while it's good for the consumer, hey, I should put my money in this because it's giving a higher rate of return. It's actually the U.S. taxpayer who's picking up the tab on that. Yes, and we actually can't afford it if if. Uh, because the, the only way we can pay the debts that are coming due is to borrow more. So we're paying off debts that we borrowed at 2% with new debt that we're borrowing at 7%. What could go wrong? Uh, Dr. Michael Munger, Duke economist, is our guest. Now, you teach at Duke, which are some of the brightest minds that the world is or the country is shaping. And I'm curious, when the students get to you, do they understand any of this? Because I maintain the public education system, especially, has done a great job of dumbing students down and getting them focused on things that don't matter and not preparing them to not just deal with, but also understand the things that do. Am I way off on that? One of the reasons that I try to teach undergraduate classes to large groups of students is to increase the chance that I have to influence someone's life because uh, it, it is said that a person's mind once stretched by a new idea never shrinks back to its original dimension. So I don't really have to teach them stuff. What I have to do is make them realize that what they've learned so far is not the whole story, and then they can go teach themselves. So I, it's not like I change half of them, but I, I would say a quarter of them at least I basically ruined their lives because now they start, well, they ask questions in other classes. And some professors are actually saying, you took Munger's class, didn't you? <laughs> That's great. Uh, but but I just, I think, I look at the voting this year. And look, the Republicans had a lot of terrible, awful candidates as usual. But I look at it like Pennsylvania. Who in the in the right mind? You don't have to vote for Doctor Oz. You can leave it blank. There was a Libertarian running. I think all sorts of options. Who votes for John Fetterman? That is clearly a person that has been taught zero critical thinking skills. James Carville famously said about Pennsylvania that it was two large cities separated by Alabama. <laughs> so all of the, it happens. My my son teaches at Penn State. We just drove back through the Alabama part of Pennsylvania the other day. And uh, there were there were some Dr. Oz signs, not very many. Most of the signs were just saying how much they hated Biden. And so the, the, the thing is that I think that the Democrats did were able to deflect Republican disaffection because the, nobody in the central part of Pennsylvania is going to vote for some guy whose first name is Mehmet. <laughs> Mehmet Oz. I'm going to vote for that guy. So the. Fetterman is a terrible candidate. I, I think, I think you, the point you just made is the best one. How bad are the Republicans doing if they couldn't beat Fetterman? 
I uh, I have a question that I think you are the most. By the way, Dr. Michael Munger, Duke economist, is our guest. That I think you are the most you most qualified person to answer. And and I've said this before. You are one of the people who got me very inspired to be into politics. You once ran as a third party, as a libertarian, for governor. I ran, Rob, Rob, I ran this. I, I keep waiting for you to bring up the most important election of all. <laughs> I ran in 2022 for the North Carolina Senate. And uh, I didn't even know this. I, Why did you not tell me? I would have come and knocked on doors for you. I assumed it was in the papers in Indiana. <laughs> It's just I saw this on election day and you were making snide comments back to me about how many who was going to get more votes me as a write-in a uh, not a write-in but people writing my name in for you as senator or you as a state senate candidate and I thought you were joking and then you were actually running I it, I, I was actually running I'm so the, the there's a serious point I'm sorry I interrupted but now, I try to run for office pretty much every time there's an election because it gives me a chance to learn more about what people actually care about and to try to get what I think is a pretty sensible centrist message out compared to the two state-sponsored parties that want to argue about cutting taxes or increasing spending, both of which increase the deficits and deficits of future taxes. <laughs> yes, and I mentioned all this because you were sort of the person who opened my eyes to, hey, there are, there's a lot of terrible things the Republicans are doing, and you shouldn't just buy the bull crap that they feed you, and there's this third party out there that has some interesting ideas. I ask you this because our... Uh, our Secretary of State candidate here this year, Diego Morales, was about as bad of a candidate as you could possibly be. Our Libertarian Secretary of State candidate, Jeff Moore, was about as good a candidate as you could possibly be. And yes, Jeff Moore got about 50% more votes than the previous Libertarian Secretary of State candidate four years ago, but it's only 5.7%. And my question is, if the Republicans are doing as bad as they possibly can in terms of candidates, and the Libertarians are doing as good as they possibly can in terms of candidates, and we can only educate people to 5.7%. Is it time for me to throw in the towel on the libertarians? What else can I do? Uh, you can have a radio show and <laughs> at least take seriously the fact that there are other ideas out there. There's a lot of ways to influence things that are not uh, running in elections. I'm my, my cherished hope, my long-term hope is that on the economy, at least, we can embarrass the Republicans into being sensible. I understand the Democrats are hopeless. That's fine. But I really think we can embarrass the Republicans into being sensible. It just hasn't happened yet. One of the great economists and economic minds in all the country. We're lucky to have him, Dr. Michael Munger. Where can people find and learn more about you? Probably the best place, the all-purpose place, is my Twitter account, which is just at Mungowitz, M-U-N-G-O-W-I-T-Z. Dr. Michael Munger, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks very much. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show.